Welcome to the New Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi. Hello over there. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I had a shift at work today, so it feels like it's been a... I mean, it's not been super long because it was Friday that I last worked, but obviously with like the long weekend and all the things. Yeah. It was a nice little breather. Oh, that's good to hear. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love well, that. I feel like I get super happy when I hear someone say like that they just don't hate their job <laughs> because it's so common. Like it's so common that I we just know. all complain about it. And I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but I feel like really having people like shift that perspective in you and like, it really helps you to shift your perspective. And I just really appreciate that. So that's great to hear Meg. Oh, thanks friend. Cause sometimes I feel guilty because I don't hate my job <laughs> yeah well I'm sure because it is the vast majority yeah um, it's, it's the minority who are not hating it and I I work in a space that I don't have to work weekends anymore well I work weekends but on a coffee truck not within a clinical setting so right right um, but you know still it does even with like inpatient where you're working the holidays and you know, you're working long shifts or whatever you're doing. It's, I know that I'm always challenged in a good way by those around me that are using a bed full of poo from head to toe. And you walk in to say, can I help you? And they're like, yep, you know, gotta love this job security. And you're like, I love that for you. Literally, you didn't even complain. (laughs) Um, And you know, I think that like everything is a season. And so I had my season of that. And I feel like now I'm just like, reminding people that there's other seasons and other chapters and opportunities that will be in front of them as well if they ever want it. Yeah. I love it. What did you do today? Oh gosh. You had I, off. I did. Yeah. I have my like midweek to what is Tuesday to Thursday off. So when we are recording this, it is midweek. We'll get it to you on Monday, obviously. But yeah, um, just got a few things done here and there. Oh, good. And yeah. So, um, pictures of baby Harper. Yes. Ollie. Yes. So that was like a perfect intro into what we're talking about today. Yay. Yay. Um, so this month we decided that we're going to tackle some like holistic topics, like holistic medicine, ways that our world and our environment um, can have a really positive and beautiful impact on our health. And mm-hmm. that it's actually like documented. It's not just that we think we feel better when we're like at the beach or spending a day out in the sun, like there's actual proof in it. So today we are talking about our beloved four-legged family members or if you have like two-legged birds or something you know oh, I was like too. what and I was like we're like no-legged like snakes <laughs> but listen I cannot get behind the snake people and my twin is a snake person <laughs> and I need an animal that like interacts with me and seems like they care that I, I mean arrived. I'm sure snake owners would no. beg to differ with you no. on that comment no Mm-mm. they can they can differ <laughs> Um, as much as they want, we can just choose uh, to agree to disagree on that one because I'm going to say no. Um, Listen. Unless it's like a turtle. I could get behind a turtle. But he yeah. has four legs. So, see? Right. That's So, you're you're strictly four-legged. I well, think so. I would be curious, and I didn't actually get into, like, non, 
legged creatures and their um <laughs> basis of our like neurochemicals and how it affects like oh my God. our serotonin but like you know i have sure snakes for certain people yeah. if it give brings off you the joy, same yeah if it brings you joy and it boosts those serotonin like you do you i'm just saying i like my animals to be a little bit like cuddly yeah that's okay mm-hmm. yeah before we bought Harper, I told Adam I just wanted a cuddly dog because my golden husky mix was not like like he's pro- he protects me, but he's not like loving the cuddles and me all up in his face. Yeah, and so yeah, we have that perfectly in Harper. So I can I can appreciate what you're saying too, Meg. You do have it. Um, I wish you could see Solomon. My dog is literally laying beside me with his foot on my foot because he has decided oh. that I was gone all day and he wants to make sure that he's like touching me. That's ease. I love it. Yeah. He's not like super clingy, but he does get into this like, you've been gone all day, so I would like to be near you. Listen, so if you are listening to us right now, chatter about animals, and you don't have animals or you maybe hate animals. Like, you who are sti- you? Well, yes, that. <laughs> but then also, like, you could still probably learn something from our chatter. So, yeah, we- fair. And also, um, now, Adam was a dog person. But my husband was not a dog person. He never had owned a dog in, as a child. So I do think that, like, he grew up. And because he never had it, he didn't necessarily long for it. Um, and I think has really grown into appreciating like he's never gonna love animals the way that I do do you know what I'm saying but he really does like appreciate Solomon he really does like him he really does like the bunny he thinks the horses are cool like I've definitely seen him form an attachment to them that right you know what I'm saying so even if you're a non-animal person I bet if we got you the right cool animal we could win you over yeah no, I, I believe that. Also, that eases perfectly into one of the facts that I found. Um, and I do want to say with our, like, self-care summer frenzy, like, like always, we are just touching the surface to some of these topics because they seem like such simple things. But like anything in, like, the medical world and hospital world of, like, our anatomical habituses or, like, is habituses a word? Habiti? It is um, now. Habiti. <laughs> or, like, psychological or physiological, like, all that stuff broken down can be so much more in-depth than a 20-minute segment. So, as oh, always, easily. we encourage you to further investigate these topics if they interest you. Um, but you obviously don't have to, and you can just chatter along and, like, be really bad at, like, games like trivia like us, and we just know random things about that never like whenever I play trivia, I feel like I know random stuff, but like I never know anything that like is like seems to be needed. Yeah. Um, um, wait, can I? Yeah. Can I piggyback on your disclaimer. Yes. Because I also said in our last episode that aspirin was salicylic acid, which clearly it's not. Yeah, and I I was the, wondering, but yeah, I wasn't gonna, it, I like, wasn't was, doubting your your wisdom. Yeah, the minute that it was rolling off my tongue, I'm like, I don't think that this is what I mean to say. And it wasn't what I meant to say. I'm like, um, okay, yeah, the compound for aspirin is very similar. It's salicylate. It's like S-A-L-C-I-Y-L-A-T-E. But okay. not salicylic acid. Close because that's enough. what we put on our face. 
Okay, but close enough that if I was playing trivia and that was a question, like, I would probably still get the question, the answer right because they're close. So, like, okay, you right. still win in my brain. Okay, thanks, friend. I appreciate that. <laughs> but there's that disclaimer of, like, sometimes um, Meg makes up words and M makes up words. And we can yes. go with it. Yes. Okay. Um, but the one fun fact, it was uh, an article by Dalian Morton. And this is just speaking on behalf of what you said about TJ not growing. You said he didn't grow up with pets, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So there was a study on the, I don't know actually how they ended up. I didn't dig too far into the study. I kind of was like glazing over a few, Um, but it was talking about children and their empathy. And it said that children who owned both dogs and cats were proven to be more empathetic than those who owned only a dog or owned only a cat or owned neither. So not to say you can't be empathetic if you don't have animals. Absolutely not saying that. God gifts people in millions of different ways. Obviously, miracle worker. But um, that was interesting to me that because mm-hmm. they there was a lot of studies on animals and obviously the use of therapy animals in kiddos or like. I was reading one about like um, kiddos with ADHD or on um, the autistic, the autism spectrum and utilization of pets within um, those kiddos. Yeah. And so it was just interesting to compare empathy in children to me and oh, that wow. if you own both dogs and cats, you were significantly more empathetic yeah. as a kiddo than if you just had one or the other or none. It is interesting that they suggest that you can't just have like one or the other. You had to kind of have like an array of animals. And not to say that the study wasn't saying that there was absolutely no empathy among, I don't, like I said, I don't know how they measured this. Um, But it was just interesting that they're saying they're significantly more empathetic. That's so interesting to me. Um, Yeah. Isn't it? I totally believe it. So there you are. Get your children an animal. Um, (laughs) What did you, what childhood pets did you have growing up? Um, we had pretty much dogs and cats. Like we would always have new kittens. We were like a farm. Mm-hmm. And then my sister started doing 4-H. So she had sheep and pigs for a little while and we had chickens and a rooster. Wow. I didn't yeah. You had like a straight up farm. Yeah. She just for a little while, my sister did 4-H. Um, hmm. but I grew up with horses. I'm sure you can be happy with that one love too. that yeah yeah like did always have, at my aunt's house um did you have the the rodents like i had oh yes we did have the guinea pigs and how many times did they get lost in your house was that just oh me gosh. um n- not the guinea pigs i did have the hamsters but the little escape. hamsters they're so freaking cute though they seriously. are cuties i very much enjoy i didn't them. read any studies on hamsters that would be interesting because i don't think hamsters care that much about us but i can that's say true that but they're my, so cute my rabbit cares about me he actually does oh i he always ra- forget about rabbits yeah and they actually use them as therapy animals in um like what am i trying to say retirement communities yeah, I'm glad you said that. So that's pretty great because, okay, we know that we have therapy dogs in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I think that that's beautiful, especially when there's, like, end of life. You mentioned about kids. Like, I think there's so many amazing ways that therapy animals are just wonderful. I know that they bring, like, miniature horses into certain, like, retirement communities. Um, you have heard the stories about Dudley. He would not be appropriate in a retirement community. This is Meg's mini horse, if you are unaware. Um, There will be pictures posted this week as we're doing this. I think, like, we need a full intro to all of our animals Mm -hmm. Um, and a little bio write-up about them. But 
I just think that that's pretty cool. But I also think like the medicinal, I know we're not really focusing on this, but like the medicinal, um, like research side of animals, not saying about researching on animals, but I'm saying like pen medicine, pen vet was like literally using dogs to be able to smell cancer and detect Mm -hmm. cancer cells. Like that is incredible. When we Mm -hmm. talk about having an incredible creator, like I think that we just very much underestimate at times, um, even the benefits of being in a partnership with animals. Mm -hmm. Like they enrich our lives in a lot of other ways other than just being like a cuddly little companion. You know what I mean? Right. Did you find anything on the actual like neurochemicals or like – um, I can't think of like serotonin and like dopamine. Um, like, did you find anything on those? Not directly. Parts? I couldn't either. But I have a feeling, um, that it all comes into play. Oh, I'm sure. I was just like, you know, us as like wannabe fact reliant medical professionals were like, but what does it actually do? But I was looking for a lot of that, and it. I mean, vaguely, um, and I couldn't say anything right up front, but I was finding that several studies um, were pretty convinced that owning a pet, especially this one was a little biased to dogs. It says it said especially ownership of dogs um, (laughs) had significant long term cardiovascular benefits like in a in a good manner. Well, probably because of the like the decreased blood pressure. Yeah, right. Lots um, of decreased blood pressure. Yeah. And like the support like the mental health support yeah even when you're feeling lonely or feeling like nobody's around I mean how many people ran out and got a dog during COVID like I can see how that all happened I mean there's definitely something about having an animal to come home to versus an empty house yeah yeah amazing yeah and I there was a book and I I don't know if I've recommended this one before but um Atul Gawande it's A-T-U-L Gawande um he's amazing amazing like I need to get all of his books but the one that I read so far and I literally like feasted on it was called called being mortal have you ever read that one Meg I have or like yeah yeah it was like my absolute favorite but also like I'm a palliative hospice junkie so he touches on behalf of like pretty much all of that yeah um but he's an awesome guy and in one of the parts when I was actually looking over all this animal stuff I was like I need to find this part of the book and I did pull it up and um it basically talked about, and I don't know if you remember this from, you, you did speak a little bit on behalf of it, Meg, of having like the therapy bunnies or animals in nursing homes. And this um, Chase Memorial Nursing Home is one that he talked about in his book. And they had one, they ended up with 100 parakeets, four dogs, two cats, and a colony of rabbits and um, a flock of laying hens, hundreds of indoor plants and thriving vegetable and flower gardens. And then the home had on-site child care for the staff and a new after-school program. And researchers studied the effects of this program after two years, comparing a variety of measures for Chase's residents with those of residents at another nursing home nearby. And their study found that the number of prescriptions required per resident fell to half that of the controlled nursing home. The psychotropic drugs for agitation, like Haldol, decreased in particular, and the total drug costs fell to just 38% of the comparison facility. Deaths also fell by 15%. And the study couldn't say why, but Thomas thought that um, 
He said, I believe that the difference in death rates can be traced to the fundamental human need for a reason to live. So I think that's what you're saying, Meg, too, with like just having an underlying purpose for these animals. Like, yes, we're talking about I'm sure it affects, we know it affects like our blood pressure and heart rate and things of those such. Unless I will say I found the opposite effect in the ADHD and autism spectrum kiddos. Um, It was more of an excitability for them, but not to say it didn't have good effects, but um, you know, we know that it can affect those things of our bodies physiologically, but then to see that like the purpose and underlying motives are also just as important of our overall health is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy, honestly. That's that's really interesting, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I really could, I feel like, spend a lot of time looking at this. And I love that Atul Gwandi, he kind of always pushes back a little bit on like oh, whatever the norms are. Like, well, mm-hmm. he doesn't just accept like, well, this is the way that we've always done it. So this is the way it's going to continue to be done. Yes. Um, and so I love that he is looking at quality of life. And again, it's so funny that when we really focus on more of a holistic viewpoint of health and not just medications, it, it just changes everything. I think like yeah. the mental health component, I mean, for a while, even at the beginning of COVID, we were obviously very fixated on the physical side of things. Like, you know, everybody needs to wear a mask. Everybody needs to like be in lockdown, this, that, and the other thing. And then I slowly started realizing and having more sympathy for people that were not following all of the guidelines because I was like, yeah, I understand that mental health is also a huge component of this. And for some people, that's how they're making their decisions. And whether or not I agree with it, can mm-hmm. I at least sympathize to a different perspective? Yeah. Of and course. so I think this additional perspective to just say like something that seems so simple, like gardening, like you said, having a whole colony of like rabbits and <laughs> yeah. laying hens but like seriously I, I know that seems like at first blush like oh my gosh all the work and all the everything but yeah. truly if your residents are doing the majority of the, the work and you're decreasing um the amount of like pharmaceuticals that are needed and increasing their life yeah and I, the quality of it right like how in the world is that not way more valuable yeah and it took two years for them to get the facts on, you know, what they were, um, like intervening with, but it spoke a lot about when I was rereading back over this, just for this podcast, like, of course, some of the nurses were like, I didn't learn to clean up dog poop in nursing school. And they like came back the one day and the nurse had like put a chair over top of the dog poop because she refused to pick it up. So like, they definitely had trial and error, but like, think about if that nurse would (laughs) have, like you were saying, Meg, like going into their workplace with like a with the masks but like going in with a curiosity versus a judgment yeah of like could this really work like you know obviously I I've worked in a nursing home and I know it is such 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 hard work um yeah. from the aid perspective to the food people the food workers to the activity people like that is hard work and it is yeah. so necessary but yeah it's just but if we're yeah. all there again for the same goal whether it's yeah in you know a setting like a retirement community or within a hospital, like if we're all there for the ultimate health of the patient, kind of whatever that looks like, like, would we be willing to think outside of the box and start to adopt practices that just better support, like you said, that, that full like quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I just think, and a lot of those people, especially in retirement communities, they're lonely. 
Mm-hmm. So how could an animal not benefit them? Because obviously, the, even the best staff member can't just be with them 24-7. Right. Even when I'm lonely at times, you know, like, hey, I've got a husband, whatever. Like, that's all fine and good. But he can't just be with me, like, 24-7 or in that in every moment that I'm like, oh, I just am kind of having, like, an off day. Right. You know what? It's great to have a dog at my feet. Um, it is. The, the other thing – mental health wise is that I also think animals really teach us a lot about Mm. self-awareness. They teach us to be present. Like I can look at my dog and he is not worried about what happened yesterday or what's happening (laughs) in an hour from now. Like he is very much like in the moment. Um, Yes. My horse has taught me a ton about Jesus, honestly, like a ton about submission. Cause when you're working with an animal that's 1200 pounds. Okay. And you were saying that you had horses too. I'm like, well, I that, didn't have them. I just went and rode my ants, but keep going. Rode them. It is a unique relationship, though, when you have an animal that is altogether bigger than you and could kill you. And yeah. there's like a level of respect that enters into that relationship. And um, again, even just an awareness of like what emotions I show up with, especially to my horse, because he is uber sensitive. You want to talk about a highly sensitive animal? Holy mm-hmm. smokes, y'all. Get a thoroughbred. Like, they can really, they can sense a lot. I mean, there are times that he's anxious and I realize it's because I'm projecting anxiety. And so I will literally exhale and then he will exhale. Like he just like lets down like all the emotions, but also there's Crazy. studies out there that show that when they sense that you're anxious, just like they would within a herd, they can help you to regulate that anxiety as well. And like, they will do like lowering their head and like, licking their lips and giving you cues to try to get you to relax. Now, obviously as people, we often are very unaware of what those cues are, Mm -hmm. Um, but even just being in their presence, like they can physically help us to like decrease our heart rate. So I could go on and on about it because obviously, like I said, I've been enchanted with animals for like a million years. And it was really interesting because while I'm not Catholic, um, Many of you probably know that St. Francis of Assisi is like the patron saint of animals. And I ended up just honestly completely falling in love with um, St. Francis when I was in Italy last year and in the town of Assisi. And just the way that he really, again, he respected the earth. He respected, he calls it um, brother, brother, son. Like he really would respect God as the creator and that God had created not just us. And that doesn't mean that all things are held at like an equal level of value. Like I'm not necessarily saying that a blade of grass is just as important as a human being, but I am Mm -hmm. saying that there's still purpose and value and worth. And I think that when we're better able to identify that in animals and like our spinning globe, we're better able to find it in ourselves and in one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, alone is worthwhile whether you're an animal person or not um to be able to just see the intrinsic value that that these creatures have yeah yeah amen to that and since the beginning i mean biblically literally since genesis and since creation yeah there's been a respect from god for other creatures that were to exemplify so yeah i know love it meg it's pretty awesome um, and okay, anything else? No, that's all I've got on the four-legged or two-legged or no-legged creatures. Or no-legged. I mean, I'm still feeling a certain sort of way about that, but again, <laughs> I am happy if they 
cause joy in your heart. And again, I still like, I don't see a snake and I'm like, oh, we need to kill it. Like outside. I don't see, actually I felt bad today because there was this, I mean, to the point that I honestly even like transfer like bugs outside. Like I just, I don't, I don't like like death on any level, (laughs) but I was literally in a patient room today and I saw this spider walking across the floor. And like, what do you do when you have your patient like right there? So he did get stepped on because I didn't know how else to like, oh, I'm sure. save the situation and not make the patient feel like um, gross. Like what okay. is going on here? Now you just got me thinking about animals in a hospital because the only time that I've really encountered that was in Togo in Africa. Um, besides like little bugs, but even that not too much um, because I'm always on like not the first floor and I don't see, I don't know. We haven't had issues, but um What's two things? One is that snakes in a hospital, no way, Jose. Like, you saw that? We, I personally did not, but like a shift before me, they would talk about that I missed the snake, or like my girlfriend that I went with to Africa, she, I forget if it was her or someone else, like killed a snake one shift in the hospital because obviously, like, it's, it's different over there. The hospitals are way different. And another, like, not to be morbid and just on a morbid note fact, but like, Whenever we had kiddos or adults that were, like, you could tell were in, like, the latter stages of life, whatever was going on with them, um, we expected them to pass within 24 to 48 hours. Always, when I was there for a little over a month, there would be an abundance of ants. Ew. That would... You couldn't keep off of them, which sounds super (gasps) weird, but, like, the fact that they wouldn't be crawling like crazy on other people like how smart and like sense even from a critter as small as an ant that like they're able to sense that from like a litter like a bed litter off the ground and get themselves up there just and not over to another person who's doing um, medically well like that's just crazy the the important I mean how I don't know smart they are sense all of that yeah crazy okay, so but, like, sorry for that face... last morbid terrible picture but like that was just something i'll always remember because it's just like wow they're literally from an ant of that i will i will kill an ant at the blink of an eye and they're just so smart okay everybody so we can just thank em for that picture that mental image <laughs> that we're gonna leave you with on this monday <laughs> happy monday yeah i hope your coffee summer, is strong summer, after that one <laughs> summer self-care frenzy ending on a morbid note <laughs> You just never know what you're going to get here. (laughs) Bye, friends. Bye.